All right, welcome guys once again to the 215 Senior Podcast. I'm Dylan Campbell with my esteemed co-host Matt Clintack, I mean Kerwin, from The Good Fight, (laughs) and Connor Doherty, fresh from uh, Seattle City. How are you doing, guys? And I guess the bigger question of the day, are the Phillies a good baseball team? Yeah, well, I'm great. Um, had Had a bit of a long night last night, but other than that, I'm great. Um, how about you, MG Kerwin, 36? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Just, you know, keeping up with the Phillies game right now. Currently, the Phillies are in their uh, first game of the doubleheader today on Friday, June 17th. So that's exciting. Um, they're winning 4 nothing as of now. So that's always a positive. And to answer the question of whether or not – or 4-1 now. Uh, to answer the question – uh, whether or not this team is a good ball team. Uh, I'd say yes, but I feel like there's a few mistakes that, that they're still making that kind of holds them back. Yeah, I, I think uh, I tweeted Wait. the other day after they lost, uh, was it the Marlins? When yeah. they had lost, mm-hmm. yeah, I tweeted after that game. I said that the harsh reality with the Phillies is they're a good team now, but I don't think they're a playoff team because they're still at least two to three good arms away. I don't mean arms like any arm. Like, they need good, proven – I think they need another starter, and I think they need at least two in the bullpen. I, I, th- I agree with that. I, I think that that's, that's the correct um, observation right there. I do think that they need two – bullpen arms that are that are that are you know can make you feel secure going into the late game relief especially <laughs> with the demotion of Kniebel from starter and now they're going closer by committee and we've seen how that works yeah and we don't have to harp on the Kniebel thing anymore but what you're going to say Matt um, oh I was just going to say I think special. that Kniebel is a good pitcher I think that he just needs to get back his stuff I mean he was never supposed to be a closer to begin with or his thin <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he just he just his needs curveball. to his curveball. He just needs to get his curveball back. And uh, honestly, like I feel like that's manageable. Focus on one pitch to get back, or just like get stronger, or get fitter, whatever you have to do um, to do that. But I just think that you know, if he's going in in a sixth inning or a seventh inning or an eighth inning, I feel more comfortable with Kniebel doing that if like he can get his curveball back. I don't want him to ever go back to the closing role because he was never meant to do that. I know he was signed for that, but <laughs> because he sucks and he obviously can't handle the pressure at the end of the day. I don't know. There's probably multiple things, but the man needs to go back to what his role was when he was on the Dodgers and on the Brewers, which was a setup guy, a guy who can get the hold and give it to the next one. Now, when it comes to adding two arms, we need a proven closer. I don't like this closer by committee nonsense that Joe Girardi did for like three years. And I don't want that to happen again. Cause like, it's just like, it didn't do anything right. I, I want an actual closer. I'm tired of having five a, different closers. In a weird way. Doesn't it remind you guys of like an episode of team wolf, the bullpen where they need the alpha to be in there to like lead the pack. I know that sounds really weird. No, I mean, like, just in general. I think it's right. I think it's true. They need, like, a guy to fall under. Not even just Teen Wolf, just, like, a wolf pack. There's got to be an alpha. Yeah. There's got to be an alpha. Yeah. That's all right. It's fine. That's fine. Um, But, no, no, that's what I'm saying. And and one other arm to get in there. Now, the two arms that need to go from the bullpen, 
uh, Alvarado and freaking, you know, Jerry's Familia need to go. Like, I, I want to get really? rid of him at this point. We're done with Familia. We're done with the Familia. <laughs> I mean, he, I, I think he was just like, he was a failed veteran experiment. I, Connor mentioned this last week. You know, it's just like, it wasn't, it just like didn't pan out. I mean, I'm sure he still, I mean, he has stuff. He has velocity. It's just like, and, and he has a great sinker when, when it actually hits. You know oh. what I mean? But yeah. when it actually goes down, <laughs> you know, but like the thing is, I, I don't know. It's just, if he I don't can, know. Guys like still have spots on an MLB, like the best of the best. And these guys like straight up cannot throw strikes. I know they don't get it in the zone at all. And it makes no sense to me. I'm just like, you know, if you're a reliever, if, if you can't, if you can't strike someone out with velocity in the zone, then you might as well try to be crafty and at least get the ball on the ground or up in the air to pop out, ground out, whatever, to get those outs. You got to do that. 27 ERA in the last seven days. For, is that for Familia? And that's only one in the pitch, but still, in the, you know, well, yeah, four I mean, or five ERA of total. And you see his workload gone, you know, his workload's decreased just drastically, you know, last 28 yeah. days, 9.1, last 14 they're trusting him less and less i've got a name for you guys and I, i'm thinking it's it's this very same thing you know very similar to familia to alvarado but sam coonrod who we haven't seen since the end of last year we haven't seen at all this year i mean he's I, just started his rehab i'm pretty back. sure he just yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they announced today um i'm gonna double check that real quick um but i'm very sure that they announced today that he started his uh, rehab. Um, or at least it was like a couple days ago, but I'm pretty sure he started his rehab. Um, but yeah, and so and so is Ryan Sheriff and Kent Emanuel, who are all people who are who who have had and Jojo Romero, who've all had MLB Jojo. experience. Yeah, Jojo Romero uh, is actually at uh, FCL Phillies, so he's down he in Florida. Should be progressing, right? Because it was like earlier last year that he got Tommy John. Yeah, it was May of 2021. May of he got okay. he got uh, Tommy John. So it's been o- over a year now You're since the Tommy late July, August full. <laughs> yeah, I could see him. You know, away. probably I-, I could see if they do it right, post All Star break. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like post All Star break, before the August second trade deadline, I think that's when he'll come back. Um, it'll be good because like that's someone who can actually be an opener for you. You know, because like he 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 does he he can be stretched out, and he has trained as like uh, as a starting pitcher. He was part of that like you know trio of international signing, not international signings, but like pitchers that um, that we had that were starters in the minors, but then kind of started going towards relief. Like Adonis Medina and him both came up in the league together, and now you know Medina's pitching out of the bullpen for the Mets and actually doing well. So it's like, God damn it. <laughs> How did we let that go? But it is what it is. I thought that was, I thought that really? was a poor. Yeah. I mean, like we released him in the off season after last season, he got picked up by the pirates, didn't make the pirates team, which is wild how the pirates didn't keep him. And then the Mets picked him up and he actually has been good for them in their bullpen. Really good at developing pitching. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but uh, I feel like you might want to talk about your boy Garrett Stubbs a little bit. Yeah, pretty big. Yo, Garrett, Garrett freaking Stubbs, man. I love that man. 
he's a gritty player. He is. I mean, he just like didn't get his shot a lot in Houston at the time. So it's like the fact that the Phillies were able to pick him up and he like knows his role and is fully prepared to do it. He just like, he just, he is a great all around ball player, great attitude, great player. And he does everything to be ready at any point. Like, I don't, I don't know if you saw the interview, his post walk-off interview. Yeah. They were asking him about like what he does. And it's like, he catches a lot of bullpen sessions. He does a lot of like visual stuff, like, you know, visual at bats in his free time, as well as, you know, hitting the batting cages and everything. I'm like, this dude is just like all around, just trying to be ready at any point at any time. And it's actually great. I think you want a backup catcher who wants to and thinks he can be the starter, even when you have JT Romito as the starter. Yeah. You want someone who's ready to go. And, and like you said, and like we've said in the past, uh, Matt, I think the, you know, you're seeing the gap and we're, you know, we're very privileged to have him as a backup catcher that's being clear. It's very clear, but you see the gap between him and Andrew Knapp and other backup catchers of the past, where it's, you don't just lose an offensive bat completely. You don't just lose it defensively completely. You actually have someone who's capable. And as the season goes on, JT's health is held up for now. We don't yeah. know. His average has not held up as much. Hopefully, you can get that turned around. But having someone who's actually competent uh, is interesting. And then even more so, if there are more injuries in the infield, uh, if Bryce Harper can come back in the outfield, maybe we'll see Garrett Stubbs if he gets hot in different roles. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible, you know. I mean, the thing is, a lot of – like, coming into this season, a lot of the minor leaguers for the Phillies got hurt. Like, I mean, you have Moniac, you had even some of their free agent signings, like Kent Emanuel, Ryan Sheriff, Coonrod, Jojo Romero was, was still hurt, Rafael Marchand, but all of them are already starting their rehab. Like Marchand's already hitting dingers in AAA right now, has been for the last week or so, <clears throat> got taken off the 60-day DL, he's back on the 40-man roster, and that's like another catcher you have besides Ohop. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Ohop's still in AA, but, you know, who knows for how long. You know, he yeah, knows for it, how long he's on the Phillies. Well, yeah, I mean that's the and other trade thing. deadline. Uh, they might trade him. They might use Ohop uh, to because like if they have or Marshawn could be trade pieces for the deadline. I think those are the some of the we, two most a potential trade pieces. Yeah, we they're two top catching prospects that could be starters at the major league level. At least Marshawn could start like at the major he league start level right now. He could start yeah. right now for almost any team. You know. So it's like, who needs a catcher right now, but is willing to offer, you know, a stud of a closer or a starting pitcher in return. And I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that we have such a, you know, backlog or like a, like sort of like a clog at catcher right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you have JT, when you have Garrett Stubbs, I mean, they're not young by any means, but it's like, you know, I don't know what the, what the Phillies could do. The, the Phillies could do something with them in a trade package of some sorts. In my mind, I started thinking that instead of believing that the Phillies allowed Naris to walk and just sign with the Astros, I'm just now choosing to believe that they traded him to the Astros for Garrett Stubbs. <laughs> that's that's actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. That's a that's a pretty astute observation right there. But. <laughs> The, the one thing the one thing that I wish that we also got from the Astros in that, you know, I mean, obviously he was traded to the Guardians, but Miles Straw would have been such an amazing addition to have on the Phillies, like a very competent 
center fielder who can field so well. And he's also a leadoff hitter. Like, I mean, not, we have Schwarber. Schwarber has been heating up and he's been doing well now in like. Oh, sure. Best baseball player to ever live. <laughs> it's I becoming mean, more and more apparent, I think, to everyone in the city of Philadelphia. That's dude, he has, a 20, he has a 21 game uh, on base streak right now. Like, he's gotten on base 21 games in a row right now. How many home runs is it in June? Last year, he hit 18 home runs in June. Does he have – I want to say he has 10 or close to 10. I think he has – This June? I forget how many. Maybe around eight, seven, eight. Something like that. Maybe – no, I think it's more than that this this month. Is it more than that? It's been doubled. It's double digits. It's double digits. I know it's double digits. For home runs, or he's tied for (laughs) yeah, he's tied for home runs right now in the National League. Obviously, not in Major League Baseball because Aaron Judge has got like twenty-five or twenty-six home runs right now, which is ridiculous. But yeah, four runs so far. Three hundred two, hitting three hundred two on base is four four twenty two. On base is four twenty two. We got our uh, stat man right here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Stabman, house guy. <laughs> yeah, seven home yeah. runs. I don't know if you said that. Yeah, seven. Yeah, he did. He got it. So he's seeing the ball well. There we go. See? Seeing the ball well. Expert expert input from my yeah, expert guest. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. But, yeah, Miles Straw would have been a great center fielder to have. Um, if we could have made that happen with Stubbs in some way, because I think they would have been incredible additions to the team. But you know, I think they could probably hit lead off. I wouldn't go that far. Stubbs could hit lead off. He is fast. I mean, he, he knows how to work it at bat. So he Loves has great play. Like, yeah, but he roll. I wouldn't try to change it. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with him at the bottom of the lineup because. <laughs> most nine hole hitters can usually are like leadoff hitters because they can just turn yeah. it around to get it back up. So I'm like, okay with him in the eight or nine spot. Uh, Plus I think like, lower he's reliable. Order. Yeah. And it gives you a little something. It's like when Alan Bone was hot in his rookie year and he had eight, you know, one is not going to see the greatest pitching in two. It gives you a little, little something at the bottom of the yeah. lineup. It's true. And you know, we saw Alec Bohm in the two hole for a little while and I'm not going to lie. I liked him in the two hole. Oh, I mean, yeah. Reese in the two hole is fine too while he's hot. But I feel like if Reese cools off again, I'd like to switch Reese and Bohm like in the lineup. Just like keep switching them with, with I mean, whatever happens. It's such a well, it's, it's such a weird balance though. Sorry, Tony. As hot as Reese is right now, I think we all know that the eventual two month cold streak is Coming. right around the corner. <laughs> oh, it might even be right now. The man's 0 for three today. Might be yeah. the start of something. Yeah, I mean, Bohm is two for two today. So, is um, he, what is yeah. it? Five games, seven hits now? Yeah, I mean, he's getting said? his average back up. So, you know, it could, I mean, it's I know. Interesting, though. Yeah, it is. I think it's like a, it's a chemistry thing, and it's something, you know, I, I had this kind of esoteric article that I wrote on what, on Monday about team chemistry and the Phillies being hot and then just being able to feel that. But even like more focused is the chemistry of those two leadoff hitters who, by all means, aren't one and two hitters. I mean, Kyle Schwarber maybe, but they're not typical one and two hitters. And we've seen in his career, Reese has been better five. You know, Reese has been better four, five, six, and he, he drives in more runs. He's more that kind of hitter because he doesn't know if he wants to swing up the first pitch or if he wants to let five pitches go by. Which, but yeah, it's, 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 it's annoying as hell. Mix. 
it's an it's yeah. annoying as hell and it's a hard mix to say if they're hot you keep them there but it when do you make that switch into something else it's, I know. it's such a hard decision that's what i'm saying like i feel like bowman and you know like so, some of these guys can partner up in switching places in the lineup in a way like bowman and, and hoskins could definitely do that because bohm has the potential to be a two-hole hitter because he's just like he's a high contact guy as much as we would want him to hit 25 plus home runs and maybe at some point as he develops, you know, maybe next year during the off season, he gets yeah, a lot stronger years down the line. Unfortunately. <clears throat> I mean, like, you know, Jason worth wasn't always like a 20, you know, 20 plus home run hitter, like his entire career. So it's like, and I see Alec Bohm becoming that, yeah, you know, absolutely. absolutely. That's like, I just like, cause they look exactly like they literally look like the same freaking person. Just one pl- played right field and the other plays third base. And I don't think it's like a strength thing with Bone. Maybe it is a little bit. I think it's an aggressiveness on the poolside fastball. Yeah, he doesn't like side. to pull the ball. Yeah. He said exactly. that. Yeah. You know, like when he hit that home run uh, against Hader, Castellanos told was, him to pull, pull the ball. And he? he, like, listened to him, and he did it, and that's why he got the homer. It's like, I don't like to pull the ball. And it's just like, well, do it this time, kid. And he did it. <laughs> that was, so was shocking. Like, there's another yep. guy though, Castellanos, who might be who might be turning into something come the month of June. Like oh yeah, the, right now the summer man, fever. Man's two for two today as well. So yeah, he's doing well. Talking about Castellanos a little bit, just off the field, like I think a few episodes ago we talked about maybe the lack of leadership on the Phillies. Yeah, I really think that Castellanos has kind of grown into being more of a leader on the team because I forget uh, who exactly said it, but they said that Castellanos was uh, telling the young guys in the game where they, they hit the home runs off Josh Hader. Um, They said that Castellanos was a big part of that um, with Matt Vierling, because he was like kind of telling them what to look for a little bit, telling them that they were, that they looked good and getting back to their spring form because um, – and it's not just with Vierling and Bohm. It's uh, with Stott, too, and Moniak as well. Um, I think they both said that Castellanos told them that they were that they were looking better. Um, they were looking more comfortable at the plate. Yeah. Um, we don't hear a lot about that because Castellanos just probably doesn't want us to hear a lot about it. Yeah. I also I think, think that it has to do really with done. Bryce Harper and just Bryce Har- this being like Bryce Harper's franchise in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not to cut you off, you were saying, Connor. No, it's all good. He just grinds out shortstop anyway, so I think we just changed. Nice job. Great. Oh, that was Bryce or Nick? Uh, yeah, Castellanos. Mm. Unfortunate. I'll take it, though. But I'll take it. Two for three so far today. You know, it's not over. What do you guys think about? And let's see if Lauren Castellanos, Connor. What do you guys think about the the two nine inning kind of more spaced out double headers instead of the seven inning? I kind of like the seven inning, but it could get cheap. You know what I mean? If you're down, you're down. It seems like throughout. What do you guys think? I don't think this is little league. I think that the nine inning, the nine inning baseball is a nine inning game. It was always yeah. supposed to be that way. Double headers were always that way. Like just because we had it for like a year or two because of like a pandemic and a shortened season doesn't mean that we have to get rid of like how the game actually works completely. You know, yeah. 
to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of the universal DH, but I do see how it is very beneficial to like a team like the Phillies, for instance, you know, because like if the Phillies, if the National League didn't have the DH this year, Harper would be on the bench. We would not see him at all. Unless we and were he's playing, having unless MVP we were playing an American League team. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like that's the thing. We'd be wasting him. Um, he'd be wasting his time because like he would have to wait till what they said August was gonna be the time when he could even start throwing a ball. Like mm. that's wild to me. Yeah, I think uh I mean there's pros and cons for the seven inning doubleheader. I think as a Phillies fan, I like the seven inning doubleheader is a bit better because it took away the eighth and ninth inning, which is when the <laughs> Phillies give up leads. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's kind of fair. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I think going to Dylan's point there, uh, how if you you get down, you don't have all those at bats to kind of catch up. I mean, you can kind of argue with that. Just be like, I mean, just just don't get down. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, I don't really give a shit either way. Um, I like, I like the D8, so I, we all knew it was going to happen eventually. And yeah, we, it was inevitable. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they did it this year. I, obviously it worked out really well for the Phillies. Um, having it's, it's funny because Bryce Harper's probably this year is probably going to go down as the greatest nationally DH hitter of all time. Yeah. Because seriously for this year in 2020 yeah i mean it's true he's he, i think he's first in all-star votes for the dh right now too As he i mean should why, be, what, yeah i mean he's in 312 no i think it's like 320 i think it's like yeah, 320 it's, now yeah oh my gosh, well, yeah let me say let me double check yeah harper's hitting 320 right now are you serious yeah 320 with like 15 home runs and 40, like in the 40s for like, RBIs, yeah. I think he's like high 40s or low 50s 40s, for RBIs. Yeah. So he has like I think they said the yeah, 14 in June, like 49 to 50 for a while. I yeah. gotta get my 46, 46, 46 RBIs. And the base running, I mean, that's always going to be there. But that's fun to see. Like today, even scores on that. You know, I think it was the double by Castellano scores from first. Yeah. Do you guys think there's a thought of, and I don't want to sound too Philly. I know, I mean, this is a Philly's podcast. Do you think there will be a consideration if Bryce stays at DH this entire season, if other yeah. players kind of level out um, and Bryce keeps up his performance? Do you think there's a thought of a DH conversation for MVP? I mean, I don't think that it could ever be out. Of, I don't think it could be out of the question because if a DH can get elected to the Hall of Fame, why can't he win the, the most valuable player award? like i mean relievers have won the mvp before so like why can't a dh you know i mean they both affect the game in very similar ways it's like a reliever can have like an inning or two you know a dh gets a couple of bats a game just like everyone else does but their like goal is to actually either get on base depending on how you're using the dh as like your leadoff hitter or your cleanup hitter or what have you you know i think that there's no reason why a DH couldn't win MVP. So, I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's like if you can get elected to the Hall of Fame in that position, you should be able to win the most valuable player. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's pretty spot on there. Sorry, guys, I'm getting my 
article out for uh, Phil's Nation, so I'm a bit distracted right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's a fair point. Um, I mean, just have a problem with a DH making the All Star team or or uh, making the Hall of Fame, winning MVP. I mean, if he's having the ridiculous year that Harper's having again, um, like why not? He's the best hitter in the National League. Uh, Machado yeah. might be tough to beat out. Though. Yeah, he's having an unreal year. Um, Good for him. I mean, yeah, like you know, it's it's funny because you know yeah. Machado and Harper were just like they were the same free agency year, same draft. You know, Machado and the Padres struggled. Harper and the Phillies have struggled. And it's like he names teams. Yeah, no, I mean like, uh, P name teams. If you really want to go that far, but it's like no, it's it's just funny because you know Harper, you know, won his MVP last year, you know, and now you know Machado is finally coming into his his you know prime in a way where he's like you know he's finally showing the Padres that he was worth three hundred million. You know what I mean? So why not? At the end of the day, because like. That's that's what he was paid to do. That's what he's been paid to do. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that Harper couldn't win the MVP during a year when the Phillies made the playoffs because that would have made it all the better. But yeah, it's just unfortunate. Every time we've had an MVP, it hasn't. I mean, usually when we've had an MVP, we've made the playoffs. Like Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard both won their MVP. I was going to say when we made the playoffs. Yeah, no, no, oh, seven, oh, no. eight. Yeah. So as I was saying, just the fact that having like back-to-back NL MVPs making the playoffs both of those years in 07 and 08, like that's, that's pretty significant. Or at least having a team, you know, get close enough to the playoffs, you know. Last year, the Phillies, I mean, were pretty much down to the wire, but like just couldn't make it happen. Injuries, inconsistencies, bullpen, of course, yet again. But it's like, you know, this year with the firing of Joe Girardi, we've been going on this hot streak. You know, it's, it's been great to get to this point where we're now a couple games above 500. But now it's just like you really need to get up there. Because, like, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we need to be going for that wild card spot, that last wild card spot. But, like, I don't know, man it's going to be harder than we think because there's some really good national team. Like, like the NL West is some really good divisions. Yeah. exactly. I mean, like we're, we're not only competing against Atlanta, but we're competing against San Francisco and San Diego and LA who are probably going to be the three of those are just going to be constantly cycling in and out of first place for God knows how long, how bad Um, do you guys feel for the the Rockies and the Diamondbacks? I don't feel bad for them at all. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't (laughs) Yeah, they suck. But like, you know, the thing is, they're actually both those teams are actually close to 500, which is kind of kind of uh, interesting. Imagine Uh, if we were in that division. (laughs) Oh, my God. If we were in that division, it would be terrible. But um, no, it's just it's interesting because like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are close to 500 and they're in fourth and fifth place in the NL West. So, you know, that they're like obviously snagging games from like their NL West opponents, as well as beating other teams. And it's like, you look at those teams and you're like, these teams shouldn't be beating as many teams as they are. You know, like I look at the Nationals and I'm like, no, that makes sense. I look at the Royals. They're, I'm they're like, really that makes bad. Sense. 
And as, as bad as people like the, you know, I don't think the Phillies and Beals is as bad as people say, but as like, you know, metrically and as bad as it's been, mm-hmm. I think the Nationals and Beals is worse. I mean, and I don't well, think they particularly care about how bad they are. <laughs> I mean, well, well yesterday Alec it came Bone out that they were flood that, at third day. Yeah. So, I don't know. Did you have a flub yesterday? An MVP as well. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, when, when the Nationals decided to start, like the 2016 Philadelphia Phillies as their infield, then you know it's you know it's bad. I mean, they literally decided to get Michael Franco and Cesar Hernandez and put them in their infield and be like, yep, this will be good enough. This is a good team. This is a good idea. <laughs> and then you combine it's, that with like Luis Garcia, who arguably should be a better defender than he is. Is he the shortstop? Uh yeah. He's the, the one who was like made like three errors or three misplays yesterday and he's just smiling afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean Hernan- Hernandez so made an error yesterday too, which I was shocked that by. Brutal one, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, he's usually a much better fielder than anything. He had another but... misplay today off of Bryce mm-hmm. Harper. Yeah. Um, super quick. Cause I know we should probably wrap soon, but interesting enough, Matt, you talked about the 0708 teams. I don't know if you guys know Marcus Hayes, the columnist for the Inquirer. Yeah, he usually, yeah, he's usually like, yeah, he's usually a complete, you know, full of vitriol and hate and angry. I remember I, I interviewed <laughs> him back at like Ithaca, like I, he was super nice to talk to. I had to like talk to like a sports journalist. He's a nice guy, yeah, 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 really Fucking nice guy. Cool. But he had a he had a fun article though, finally saying something nice about the Phillies, saying that we have to believe and that you know they just keep coming back to keep fighting especially after the Wednesday night loss and then the Thursday night cl- or Thursday clutch victory but he said the one thing in the article that made sense is they feel a lot like the 06 team and that even yeah. if they miss the playoffs they're getting kind of close no I know and, and and that's sort of something that I've been trying to figure out this year because this year felt like it was going to either be an 06 team or an 07 team like I think we are truly entering into like a new, I don't want to, I'm not going to call it a dynasty until we win a world series yet. But like the thing is like, or like a make playoff the playoff reaching team. Yeah. Like a playoff. I reaching think you guys are reaching a little bit there not to cut you guys off. No, that's no. fine. No, by all means. It's just like, I think that they have similar vibes. What do you think? Connor? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that when you keep buying free agents and, you know, Zach Wheeler's got – he's only got two years left on his deal whenever this year ends. Still haven't made the playoffs with him. You you see the dip in his velocity a little bit this year. Probably going to yeah. continue that way. JT looks bad this year. Um, Schwarber started off brutal. Castellanos. He's been getting better. Like, these guys have all been trending better except JT. Um, but it makes you – it makes you think, like – I, and obviously, like, Didi can't stay on the field. Um, but Bryce is injured now. Like, these guys' bodies are breaking down. They're not young guys anymore. Having the three or four young guys or whatever it is that we have helps, obviously, in Boehm and Stop and Moniak when they bring him back and Veerling. Um, that's, that obviously helps a lot. I, I don't know, though. I don't think this has the – as it stands right now, I just don't think this team is built to win for a long time. Like, I think mm. if That's they were going to open a championship window, I think it would be this year, probably next year. 
and yeah. then it would they would really have to get some young guys in because like well i think they're going to be they're, forced they're all to getting in, older they're gonna in five to years get like Roth. no yeah. it, it might be but like i think they're going to be forced to because they have too much of a backlog of prospects in their farm system that they need to let them play and they're you know and the thing is they need to keep stop signing you know just like a few guys here and there that have uh, some MLB experience to fill out their bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Camargo arguably was a good signing was, was the right signing to have, you know, but just because of his versatility. But like, the thing is you could have easily just brought up Nick Maton from the get-go from the start of the year who has the experience role. to fill that role. Like that's the guy he was meant to be. And, you know, like he came up and did that last year. He came up in his first two games here and killed it he was hitting you know he it, before he got like a little bit hurt but he'll be back soon he should be back soon right this yeah he's gonna be back spring. before before uh camargo i think because camargo just started like a rehab stint at triple a is that the ankle yeah the sprained ankle okay. um or knee i forget which one it was but um <clears throat> but yeah but it's like you know they're gonna be forced to either release these players or play them at the end of the day and you know, if this team, I, I agree with Connor, it's not like championship ready per se, or just consistent winning in a lot of ways. But like, I think if they miss the playoffs this year, I can, I'm like, you're going to see one of either Castiano, Schwarber, or Real Muto get traded this offseason. Mm. I really do think that's going to happen or in some way, shape or form, if that's, if they don't make the playoffs this year, one of those three is going to be gone for next year. That's super interesting. I just think – I think because, you know, I think it's kind of similar in a lot of ways, like how, you know, before the Phillies went on that run, they actually had a lot of, like, older players, like, you know, uh, Marlon Bird uh, and, you know, J- oh, was it Jim Tomey, you know, was on the team and, you know, like he got traded and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like Bobby Abreu, you know, like they, they had guys on the team that, like, they could have resigned or, like, they had signed and just traded. And it's like, and Victorino and Worth were both trades. They they were I rule five. Who, rule five. Oh, they're rule five. Well, okay. Shane Victorino was Shane Victorino was rule five from the Dodgers. And uh, like, like you're saying, young guys, like prospect ish guys from other systems that you still got in and kind of adopted. Yeah, of just like MLB. Because, and the thing is that that was cheaper than signing like a big name free agent because the rule five, like the Phillies, like Pat Gillick worked the rule five draft, like. It was like he pulled a rabbit out of the hat almost every time that man drafted in the Rule Five draft, and and built and built the team, like that's that that went to the playoffs five years in a row. So it's like it's it's incredible what you can do with and there's so many different ways to sign players. The good scouting department, it's incredible the team that you can make. Well, <laughs> if only the, the thing Phillies is, had one. Well, I'm, <laughs> it's better I'm hoping, now. I, I think Preston Mattingly is a good addition. I really do think that he will be – he's he's made an impact already on this mm-hmm. uh, uh, this farm system. So it's like – and I think that Mickabell and, you know, Andrew, Andrew Andy Painter, however he wants to call himself, Andrew or Andy Painter. He calls himself uh, Andy? Apparently his, his I Twitter – I can't get behind a guy called Andy. I, mean, well, could, Andy. I, I don't know. I could, I could get behind a guy who pitched as well as Andy Pettit did. Um, yeah, but like it's just give me give me a strong first name. Hey, oh, Boom got his third hit of the day. 
So is that yeah, good? That's, he's three for three. <laughs> is that good? Is that good? Yeah, I don't know. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's well, what that's that's all I'm saying about that. Like, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, like, I, I think it is a little bit too soon to jump the gun on comparing this team to like the 08 team or like oh. even, like just like the championship teams, but it's like and I don't want to because I want this team to be unique. I think that every time we've won a World Series or been to the World Series, the team has been very unique and has its own tone. And I kind of like that. Um, but it's like, we'll see what happens with this with this year. I'm just hoping the Phillies can make the playoffs at the very least. And that's the beauty of baseball. If you can just get into the playoffs, something can happen. Yeah. You don't know what, but something could, could happen. But yeah. Is that, a, is that a good place to wrap? Do we have anything else we want to cover? Or? Yeah, Connor? that's a good question. Uh, I'm good. All right. All right. Thanks, guys, for having, having me on. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Great yeah, talk to you, boys. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Anytime, Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. See ya. Later.